spot, it'll have the little Magnify logo. So we've got uh, all of the PowerPoint slides are right on there for you to follow right along. So that's for you. And if not, we're going to have everything on the screens. If you're old school, you got leather-bound Bible, you pulled out that pen and paper, we still love you too. Make sure you're writing down your notes and taking anything that you want to take home with you. And let's just pray before I speak the word because God is good and I know he wants to speak through his servant today. So Father, we thank you, God, for the opportunity, God, of, of, of just hearing your word. God, we thank you that, Lord, that, Father, that you gave us your word. And Lord, we just believe by faith that we're going to be challenged, we're going to be equipped. God, we're going to be, uh, Lord, empowered. Lord, uh, many of us, God, maybe, uh, Lord, maybe there, we need to be corrected uh, in some areas. And Lord, we thank you, Father, for your love and affection towards us today. God, we pray for Pastor Joy as she's delivering her message in Waterville, God, that you would just continue to anoint her as she's, God, speaking into the lives of those out there. And Lord, we just bless everything that's happening in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Magnify. So, what I, I heard that that Pastor Dorinthia ripped it last time. So, so I'm gonna try to to try to uh, follow follow that when somebody does such a, a good job. It's hard. You you feel like you got to try to keep up with them. But I I just know that God is good and He wants to invest in us this idea that that was His idea about worship. And so. If you look up the definition of the word worship in the dictionary, worship is this. This is that. This is not the dictionary that you get online. I had to go back to the uh, the Webster's 1828 dictionary. So we're going to go to school just for a moment. And this is the way Noah Webster defined it uh, over a hundred years ago. It's the state of worth or worthiness to adore, to pay divine honors to. To reverence with supreme respect and veneration, which is basically just another word of, which means great respect. Okay? To honor, I love this part, this is my favorite part. To honor with extravagant love and extreme submission as a lover. What? To honor with extravagant love and extreme submission as a lover. So when you see people that are loving on Jesus in an extreme way, friends, that isn't crazy. That's worship. <laughs> see, friends, and this isn't in my notes, there was a lady, see, they were all, they were all having dinner together at, at a, a, a Pharisee's house, and Jesus was sitting at the table, and a woman comes in, and she breaks open this alabaster jar, and friends, they didn't even understand what was happening. They actually started mocking her and saying, if Jesus really was who He says He was, He would know what kind of woman is touching His feet. And friends, and Jesus said that, you know what, that what she's done for me, that, that it will go on from generations, we'll talk about what she did. Because friends, she broke her worship. On Jesus' feet. And it didn't look, it, it, it looked messy. Have you ever had a spill before? Anybody, oil. Has anybody here ever spilled oil before? Anybody here cook with, I don't know, uh, olive oil or vegetable oil or, or whatever? You know, not, not, the, not the Crisco, not the clump. The, I'm talking about the stuff that when it smears on the floor, I mean, trying to wipe it up is almost impossible. So think about, 
this woman and she's Jesus is dining at the table with these Pharisees and they got the three piece suits going on and they're looking good and they're looking clean and she breaks open this this alabaster jar of perfume and and, and it was equivalent to like oil and so can you just see it getting all over his feet and dripping all over the floor why because worship should be a little bit messy Worship was messy with David. I'm getting. I'm going to get back to this in a minute. Worship was messy with David when he was bringing the Ark of the Covenant back into Jerusalem. Where see, he had on his 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 garments and his robes and 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 all of his kingly stuff. And he said, "You know what? I'm going to go ahead and and take these off for a moment because they're a little bit uncomfortable. And and I'm going to just be myself around God and the presence of God and worship Him. And and he began to dance in front of the presence of the Lord as they went into Jerusalem and he disrobed himself and some people looked at his worship and said, oh, he's undignified himself. Why? Because worship should look a little bit messy. If it, oh. It's okay if you don't clap on beat. Just do it in a low fashion that you're not causing a distraction. It's okay if you, if you sidestep off beat. It's okay. As long as you're doing it with a pure heart and with, with all that you have and you're loving on Jesus. I'm glad nobody's brought a tambourine because sometimes you get that, some people go crazy with that, right? Pastor, and, As long as it's on beat and it's not causing a, a distraction. But, see, but but I've seen some people, they go crazy on that tambourine. Telling you. Back there getting it. So check this out. Jesus told Satan, and I believe he's telling us too, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 10, he told them, he told Satan, he told him to, to get away from me. Another translation, he said, shut up. Shut your mouth, Satan. Do you know that there's times you just need to tell the devil to shut up? Because you know what? He is always going to be spewing his lies. He's the father of lies. And that's what he does. So when his mouth is open, what's coming out? Not truth. Lies. (laughs) So he tells him, away from me. Another translation, shut up. For it is written, worship. Say worship. Worship Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Say the word only. 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 Worship him. Serve Him only. See, but... And then also, God tells it, I believe it's God's idea. God told Moses in Exodus chapter 20, verse 2 and 3, He says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt and out of the land of slavery. Anybody here been brought out of slavery and addiction and strongholds and perversion? Amen. Thank you, Lord. You shall have no other gods before Me. And then He says, uh, as He's continuing in verse 5, He says, you shall not bow down, say bow down, to them or worship them, for I am the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of the parents of the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. What? But he's saying, he's telling us, he's giving instructions for us not to worship another or not to bow down to another, as he called it, God. Look at your neighbor, say another God. Okay, because sometimes we do that. See, um, because this is the thing. So if you look up the word worship in the Hebrew, what that means is to bow down, which means to fall down flat. So if you've ever come into a service and you've seen people up here at the altar 
and they're laying down prostrate, or they're laying down, or, 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 you know, they're kneeling at the altar, that is actually the, the Hebrew word that happens in, uh, for the word worship, which means to fall. And in, in the New Testament, which is uh, written in Greek, what that word means is to kiss. And so when it's saying the word kiss, what it is referring to is it's referring to the idea of like kissing a king's feet or like a dog that is licking a master's hand. So if you've ever, if you in here, if you have a, an animal and you walk into your door and your dog comes running up at you and, 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 and he's like kind of jump on you and then he's licking your fingers. See, in the New Testament, uh, that affection that that animal has towards you is the affection of what, of what the idea that God had when He was singing of the word worship. We got a puppy dog. That thing will follow me around the house all day long. What's my master doing? When's my master going to give me my next snack? That's the affection that we should have. And so, when we worship, we are actually giving ourselves to whatever it is we're worshiping. Whether it's we are worshiping ourselves or we're worshiping, you know, we can find ourselves. This is why he said other gods. Because, because whatever we're giving our primary affection for, we can find ourselves actually worshiping that. And so, there are a lot of people today, friends, that are worshiping relationships. There are a lot of people that are... It happens, they worship their children. Their whole life is, is revolved around their kids and they're, they're doing everything to serve and, and be there for their kids. And friends, you have to be a good parent, absolutely. But friends, but there are people that are actually, they, they, are, they, have, they have turned their whole affection towards their kids. They actually have, have put their, their family on a pedestal where they're actually worshiping. There are people that worship their careers. They pour all their time and energy into that. There are people that worship money. Oh, yeah, it happens. There are some people that are idolizing that fancy car or they're idolizing this dream that they have where they're going to be something someday. And so, friends, uh, I just want to let you know today because this is, this is the absolute truth. Friends, wherever we place our primary affection is where we place our worship. Wherever we place our primary affection. Now, friends, we're supposed to love our families. We're supposed to love our kids. We're supposed to love these things, but see, Jesus said that our affection towards our God, in looking, in, in the way that that is towards love for our family, it should look like hate. It's not God, family, others. It should be like God, and then family should be like way down here. Right? See? He says, if you don't hate your brother or sister for my sake, do you think he really wants you to hate your family? No. But what Jesus is saying is, don't you understand? Your affection for God should be so overwhelmingly above everything else that it looks like hatred towards your family. He's not telling you to hate your family. That, that's, that, that's the devil, right? But see, we get this confused. Because see, where we place our primary affection. Now, friends, please be a good parent. Love on your kids. You know, do your work at your job, do all these things. But man, you need to have such affection for God. He should be so high, high above everything else. He should be way up there. Because friends, it's so easy for us to worship God and then get sidetracked or, and worship something else. How do I know this? Because we've got people who have done this in Exodus chapter 32. You guys remember this? 
You remember what happened to the Israelites in Exodus 32? Any of us us remember the Ten Commandments, the movie? Charlton Heston, Let My People Go, Splitting the Red Sea, Big White Beard, right? Not Santa Claus. All the plagues of Egypt. And what happens? God miraculously, say miraculously. God miraculously delivers them from Egypt. They go into uh, the desert of Sinai. They're pinned up against a, a, a river, miraculously rescued by the parting of the sea, and all of the Egyptians are, are all destroyed because they're all consumed. They get over on the other side. Moses goes up on the mountain of Sinai, and, and do we know what's happening? He's, he's actually receiving the Ten Commandments and, and the law and all this other stuff. He's up there for 40 days, and then let's hear, now we're going to read in verse, verse 1. Of Exodus chapter 32. What's happening here? So it says, When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come, make us gods who who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us out of Egypt, we don't know what's happened to him. Look at your neighbor say, Man, (laughs) say lack of patience. Do you know, man, a lack of patience will cause you trouble a whole lot of times. (laughs) Here we go, continuing on here. It says, when Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord, so that the next day the people rose up early, sacrificed burnt offerings, and presented fellowship offerings. Afterward, they sat down and eat and drink and got up and indulged in Revelry. What the heck just happened here? Do you see this part? It says tomorrow there will be a festival. It doesn't say it doesn't say to an idol. It says there will be a festival to the Lord. See, friends, it's easy for us to replace true worship of our God who we do not see for false worship of things that we see. We've been prone to that for thousands of years. And that's what always messed up the people of God. Is when they exchanged worship of the true God that they did not see for something down to earth that they could see. And friends, we've been doing that today. We still do that. Now in America, we, you know, we don't have like Buddha temples and all these. I'm sure that they are around, but it's not like a, a country that has all these things. So we don't have like idols and all this other stuff. To be honest, there's probably more churches in America than there are any other thing. But in America, we don't, we're not building the golden calf and worshiping it. In America, we're exchanging our worship for God for other things. We're exchanging it for the American dream. We're exchanging it for money. We're exchanging it for all of these things that we can see with our eyes. And it's not new. It's been happening from the beginning. And this is why God has called us in John chapter 4. This is why God has called us to worship Him in spirit and in truth. In John chapter 4 verse 23 it says, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit. Say God is spirit. 
He's not a man. He's not a woman. He's not a being, created being. He's not a pole. He's not a piece of metal. He is spirit. God is spirit. And his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so when, when Jesus is giving uh, this instruction to Nicodemus, he's saying in spirit and in truth. And so what does that mean? In spirit means, you know, we worship him by connecting with God through your spirit. So when we were worshiping God today, what you were doing, you were actually communing with God on a supernatural, spiritual level. You're connecting with Him. He's asking us to come away with Him. You know, when you pray, when you reflect, when you meditate, when we sing, when we dance, when we have a heart-to-heart, that's worshiping Him in spirit. And so what is it, truth? What is truth? The Word of God is truth. It's when you connect with God's Word, when you allow it to rest on your hearts and your minds, when you read it, when you memorize it, and then when you do the most important thing, when you actually live out what it says. And that's where a lot of us have the hardest time. And that's where, that's where the struggle should be. If you're not struggling with that part, then I would, I would, I would attest then, then you probably aren't really believing it. Because there should be a part where it actually connects from your heart and your mind into your actions. And that's where the struggle will always be. If you really do love God, that's where, that's where the flesh, that's where you're fighting against the flesh. Right? Look at your neighbor and say the flesh. Because the flesh wants to take over. Right? The sinful nature, that old man, the thing that you crucified when you said yes to Jesus. Hopefully it's still crucified. You gotta nail that thing. You gotta put that thing in the coffin every day. Do you know that? Do you have to put that thing in the coffin every day? If you don't, it's gonna peek his good old head up. Find yourself doing some stuff that you, you don't wanna do. That's why Paul says, I do not do what I do, and the thing that I, I do not wanna do, I do. And it is not me that's doing it, it's sin that's in me. So Romans chapter 12, I love this. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that He has done for you. Amen. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that He will accept, or excuse me, or the kind that He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. So you live your life as a, as worship unto God by giving yourself to Him every day. That should be something you should wake up every day and say, God, how can I serve you today? Thank you. Come, come, come with some thanksgiving. He loves that. And then just say, God, how can I love you? How can I be a witness for you today? How can I serve you today, Daddy? Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15 says this. It says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. The fruit of our lips that openly profess His name. True worship, friends, when, when, our, when our worship is coming from our lips, and it's a sacrifice unto Him, an offering that's unto our King. And so, friends, uh, I just want to let you know, you know, singing, dancing, serving, all these things, um, these are expressions of worship. True worship is what's inside here that comes out. And so how that happens is it should be it should it should be expressed in singing. And some of you guys are like, ah, Pastor, you don't want to hear me sing. Yeah, I might not want to hear you sing, but God wants to hear you sing. <laughs> and I'll be alright with if you sing too. It's all good. Okay. 
Some of y'all can sing solo. Solo that no one else hears you. It's all good. Dancing. Have you ever seen somebody up here and they're dancing and twirling and spinning or jumping? It's worship to our God, right? Expression and dance. Giving. So when you're tithing, when you're giving offerings at sacrifice, that is an act of worship. And do you know this? Do you know that serving is an act of worship? When you serve, just think about this. Those that are, that are, uh, right now that are upstairs, that are, that are loving on your, on your young ones, friends, they're doing that as an act of worship. Those that are back there in the, in the, uh, nursery toddler preschool area, they're back there playing with your kids and loving on them, that's an act of worship. The people that are, that are, uh, monitoring our building to make sure that no qu- people with questionable character come in here and try to do anything stupid, that's an act of worship. When you're serving at a block party, that's an act of worship. When you're serving in Vision Kitchen, okay, on the stage, wherever you, when you are serving God, it's an act of worship. You can say amen right there. And so, friends, worship is, is giving God our full devotion. Not partial devotion. Not a piece of Sunday morning. Worship is giving Him our full devotion. And so, friends, I just got five questions. I'm going to end on this. I know this is a fast message, huh? I'm going to end on this. I have five questions that I, that I ask myself and that uh, I would have us ask ourselves pertaining to worship because I believe a lot of times we can get stuck and maybe we, maybe we need to do a little bit of self-examination and just kind of see where we're at. And so question number one is this. Is you can ask yourself this. I ask myself this. Is my worship geared towards God or something or someone else and you don't have to answer that out loud that's a question that you need to ask yourself is is my devotion geared towards the lord or am i finding myself putting my worship or my affection mainly towards something else it's easy for us to do for the people of god to do right and we just read the Israelites, right? They were the people of God. The people of God. And, in, and in, within 40 days, they're worshiping something else that wasn't Yahweh, right? And so number two, another question. No, oh, here we go. Am I afraid to express worship because of others? Maybe, you know, I love, I love, I love our church. I love that our church is expressive. I love... That, that we have the freedom to express our worship freely here. You, you can't get that everywhere. Okay, thank you Jesus for His freedom. But maybe inside your heart you're like, I, I want to jump. Or maybe inside your heart you're like, I would like to lift my hands. Or maybe inside your heart you're like, I would like to lift my voice. But you find yourself being afraid to do it because you're like, what will people say? What will people think? What will I look like? And so there's people that are afraid to express their love and affection to God because they're too concerned about how they look on the outside. And let me tell you, that is a dangerous place to be. And that was the Pharise- that was the that was the mindset of the Pharisees, friends, and friends, and they missed Jesus. Was they were so concerned about how they looked like on the outside, and they totally missed it. And so, and I also want to challenge you with this too, because this is this is tough. See, you can't you can't be a uh, you can't have the fear of the Lord and be afraid of people. 
And so Matthew chapter 10, verse 33, this is a tough verse. It says, whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. So if you're afraid of, because of what people might say, you need to get over that fear right now, young lady, young man. You need to just go ahead and chuck that fear out the window. Because you don't want to stand before God. Come on. You better man up. You better woman up. You better claim Jesus. You know what? You better not turn off that worship uh, music when somebody gets in your car because you want to look good in front of somebody else. <laughs> better turn it up. Come on. <laughs> well, so why? This is this is a question I ask myself. Why would why would there be such fear in us? expressing Jesus? Why would there be such fear in us being a witness for Jesus? Why is there such fear? Why, why, is, why is there fear enshrouded in that area? You know why? Because there's such power in, in being a witness for God that it will change people's lives. And so the enemy works around the clock to make the people of God afraid to be a witness. Right? You go to a football, f- a football game and you hoot and holler, there's no fear, right? Right? You go to a hockey game and act like an idiot. There's no fear in that. Right? You go to a concert and you're jumping and woo! You're acting like an idiot. There's no fear. Why? Because that doesn't mean anything. But when you, I mean, it's fun. Okay? You had a good time. But when, but but when it, where it really matters, there's fear. Why? Because friends, you're dangerous. Look at your, look at your neighbor and say, I'm dangerous. The, meth- the message that you have is lethal. It's lethal. It has the power to snatch people from the flames. And so, friends, don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid to express your worship. Remember, expressing worship is what? Right? Singing, dancing, giving, serving. Don't be afraid to do any of these things because of people. Saul was afraid of people, wanted to be honored by people, and the kingdom was ripped from him. From him. We don't want the kingdom of God ripped from us because we're afraid about how we look. And you look good already, so don't even worry about it. Here we go, number three. Does worship feel like a chore or do I actually enjoy it? Some people come in to worship, they're like, man, they come in late. See, I've been doing ministry. See, I, I know this. I've been doing ministry for nearly two decades. There are some people that will come into church late just to kind of not have to worship because it's a chore. I don't know about you, but man, worship to me is like one of the best parts. I'm like, come on, Pastor Dorinthia, you can keep going all day. I don't have to preach today. Let's go. Let's just, come on, let's just enter in. Does it feel like a chore? If it feels like a chore, then friends, then there's something that's out of alignment in your heart. And so this is these questions that we're asking it's not meant to beat you up and to slap you around. It's meant to do a heart check. So if you're like, man, I can't wait till this song's over, then there's something not right in here. Because when you truly, genuinely have affection for your God, you should be like, man, I can do this all day. And you better get that right now because that's what you're going to be doing forever. So you, be- <laughs> so you better just go ahead and get it right now. <laughs> Because you're going to have a bored eternity. 
I don't think anybody that sees God is going to be bored. I, I believe people that aren't even, that don't even believe God exists are going to be blown away when they see God. They're going to be like, oh my God. He's like, yep. I'm real. <laughs> yeah, so that one. Hardship, number four. Does my public expression... Oh, gosh. See, that, just like, just know this. I, you know, I'm not trying to be mean or anything. Just know that the Holy Spirit is the one that gives... You know, and I just speak out what He shares. So does my public expression of worship align with my private devotion? So we just talked about, you know, those that are afraid to represent Him. But then there are those who are all about representing Jesus, wearing the T-shirts and doing the hoot and holler, but yet their private devotion doesn't match up, match up with their public expression of worship. I just seen a whole bunch of people go, oh. <laughs> Friends, if your public expression of worship doesn't match up with your private devotion, then it's just a show. You are the greatest showman. You don't need to go see it in the theater. Because that's all it is. That's what the Pharisees did. They, they put on a show. It said they would go out and they would pray in front of everybody. And it said they are receiving their reward in full. Friends, but I know, in, I know in this place, I know there's not people that put on a show. I know we, that's the thing I love about our church. We have people that genuinely do love God. And so we're talking about other people in other churches. But just, just as a heart check, is my private devotion, is it aligned with my public worship? Hopefully, there's a, there's a, a prophetic voice um, who uh, is speaking in our, in our, I can't think of his name right off the top of my head. I listened to one of his messages in, like two months ago, and this is what he said. If this is how he started off his message. He said, because they were obviously jumping and hooting and hollering, he said, he said, if you're not doing this at home, you're a hypocrite. <laughs> Woo-wee! Mm. <laughs> that's a way to start off a church service, right? I mean, that's... <laughs> he ain't trying to make any friends. All right. And then number five, and this is where many, maybe many of us can, can fall victim from time to time, and that's this. Is my worship of God based on my preference or my feelings? Well, maybe it's not my favorite song, or maybe it's not my style of worship, or maybe it's too fast, or maybe it's too slow, or maybe the music is too loud, or maybe it's not loud enough, or, or maybe it's just inconvenient for me because I'm just not feeling it right now, or maybe I had a bad day and so I'm just not really going to engage. So now you're basing your affection to your Maker on how you feel? Now you're basing your affection on your Creator on on what your preference is? Only in the American church. Friends, you should be able to worship God if they had a banjo up there and they're blowing in a big old pot. (laughs) You should be able to worship God if there's no music and two sticks are clapping together. Friends, if we base our worship, if we base our affection on our preference, then then our worship is selfish. And it's not really, our worship isn't really for Him, it's for us. 
And so if we base our worship on our feelings, what do you think Jesus was feeling when he was on the cross for six hours? I think he was feeling about getting off that cross. How do I know this? Because a few hours earlier, he's wrestling with God in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's saying, please take this from me. I don't want to do this. What is he saying? I don't want to do this. But what does he do? He says, but not your will, my will. Not my will, God. Not my will be done. Your will be done. Is our worship, is our expression and our affection based on our feelings? It's quite selfish. Or based on our preference? Do you know there are two, there are too many people that leave church because of preference? You're basing your entire Christian experience on your preference. Now, thank, thank you God that, that, that God is a God of many flavors. And I'm not, a, and I'm not against that. I love that. I love that you that there are multiple expressions of worship. I love that there are multiple uh, ways to preach the gospel as long as it is the gospel. I love that there are, there are a variety. I mean, you can basically, I mean, there are 31 flavors of church nowadays. And now Baskin-Robbins, do they have more than 31 flavors? Does anybody here even eat Baskin-Robbins anymore? See, I, I just eat lickety-split up the road here. Anybody here eat lickety-split? Oh, see, if you ain't had lickety-split, there's something wrong with you. You need to go, go over there today. Man, their ice cream, the bomb. Okay, so I, I love that, that there are so many expressions. But friends, when you primarily, and this, and, 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 when you primarily base what church you're going to on your preference. See, I don't think people pray uh, nowadays on, on, on which house of worship they should be in. Because I believe that there's an assignment on people's lives where God specifically places His people where He wants them to be most effective. And if you're not praying about, well, God, what, where should I be? What, where should I? And that you actually, uh, insert yourself in that place and, and allow God to flourish and flow through you, then friends, that's selfish. I love you. And I believe God wants to do this work in us that makes worship about Him and not about us. That makes this whole church thing about Him and not about us. That we would be men and, God, men and women of God that are yielded to the plan of God. That we're yielded to the call of God. That we're yielded to the Spirit of God. And see what God does. Friends, we planted a, uh, we planted a campus in Waterville. Not because it was our preference. My preference was, was North Toledo. I still have a heart for North Toledo. I love them people. That was my people. That's where I grew up. And, I, and I'm still praying that, Lord, maybe one day. But see, the Lord said, Waterville. You see what I'm saying? And you have to follow the, the, the leading of the Holy Spirit. You have to do what He says. If you don't, it's going to be all bad for you. Would you stand to your feet with me today? Do you know sometimes the Lord says, go, 
And sometimes the Lord says, stay. But I want to go. Nope, you got to stay. But I want to stay. Nope, you got to go. <laughs> we want to be men and women that magnify our God through worship, through the actions of our lives. Would you bow your heads with me today? I believe that there are some of us in here today, we've just gotten out of alignment. And that's all right. That's why you're here today. And that you would say, I've placed some of my primary affection on something else or someone else. My time, energy, and resources have, have been averted primarily towards that. And I've, I've gotten out of balance with my life. Would you slip your hand up if that's you? Would you say, that's me? I've, I really haven't given the Lord my full devotion here. Thank you for those hands. Thank you. Thank you for all those hands. Thank you very much. Thank you. And if you're in here today and maybe you say, you know what, man, you were saying some of these things and man, you hit hit the nail on the head. I've, I've based my worship on my feelings. I've based it on my preference. I've based it on some of these things and I didn't realize how selfish my worship can actually be and I want to be a I want to be a man or a woman of God who worships the Lord not out of selfishness but out of selflessness would you slip your hand up with me today thank you for those hands thank you thank you thank you for those hands we love you God thank you God let's pray today Father, we thank you, God, that you are merciful. We thank you that you are amazing. We thank you that you have grace beyond measure. God, we thank you that you challenge us through your word, God, and we, that we have been challenged today through your message. And God, we align ourselves. Just go ahead and agree with me today. God, we align ourselves.